Hello, I'm Joe Ruggiero, and welcome to my podcast, Inspired, and the people that inspire me. Well, today we're in for a real treat, because this is a guy who is a real and true Renaissance man, and when we get into his background, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But we're going to talk a little bit about Hollywood history, a little bit about interior design, how we got into it. But uh, here we are at the Calabasas Country Club, which I want to thank all of the staff for helping us uh, feel so much at home. And I want to welcome Tom Calloway. And Tom, I haven't gotten into your background, but I will say that you were born and raised in Appleton, Wisconsin. You studied art history, painting, printmaking in France and Holland, and you did also play football and basketball, I believe, and you also played in summer stock during college. You're a member of the Los Angeles design community, past board member of the ICAA, Hollywood Reporter's Top 25 Designers, House Beautiful Top 100 Designers, and Most Expensive Homes <laughs> Top 25 Designers in Los Angeles. So welcome. <laughs> well, thank you. That's more history than I was expecting <laughs> to see coming back at me. Well, I didn't want to talk too much because I didn't want to scoop what we're going to be talking about, but I uh, want you to tell us a little bit about your childhood because I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Joe. Uh, yeah, my childhood, uh, I started like most young Americans in that time period of, of literally living in front of the first TVs that, that were, we, we would get in our homes. Uh, we were a little later on our block to, uh, to, to get one, but uh, after watching the neighbors uh, for, for a year or two, we finally did. And all the early Westerns, which were on television, and, and all those early shows that were kind of primarily pointed towards young kids, I absolutely inhaled, and uh, along with any movie that had anything to do with Westerns. And so my dream from childhood on was, was really to become a, an actor, to become a movie star in Western films. That was my dream goal. But where I grew up in, in middle to northern Wisconsin, you didn't walk around saying something like that. <laughs> you, you, I, I had this wonderful uh, parent. Inspiration. Uh, inspiration. That's, well, your dad was exactly. a uh, my, my father maker. was a pattern maker, but as a, was an extraordinary athlete through school. He, wow. he, uh, he, he was the first 12-letter man in his high school, wow. and I don't know how many there have been since, but I doubt of many. And uh, he was the man's man uh, in every conceivable way. So I absolutely, he was my hero in so many ways. Uh, and I, the, particularly the athletic part of him was something I yearned to do and be. Uh, live up to in his eyes, right. uh, and he was uh, so kind and non-judgmental and so wonderful. So I, I never had to worry about living up to his eyes. But that was my goal. Well, he was a carver too. You were well, telling me about the. Yeah, he wasn't a carver to my knowledge. I mean, he did this incredible job called pattern making, which was which is in the uh, foundry business. All things that are cast in steel or any kind of metal. Uh, a pattern is required, and in those days, before computers existed and things, uh, all these things needed to be made in reverse, in wood, to the th 64th of an inch. 
Wow. It's almost That's almost art. incomprehensible. Right. And in a way, it is an art. I never thought of my father as an artist until, in any way, an artist, because uh, he never was projecting those kinds of points of view, until later in my life, uh, like in college, I walked into his shop one day and all these wood patterns from the past painted in black and orange and and wow. kind of a brick red were all stacked against a wall and here was like this monster louise nevelson sculpture staring me in the face yeah. and it hit me you know my dad's an artist too but my mother was the one that i thought of as an artist uh neither one had any exposure they both came from semi uh particularly my father, extremely, extremely, almost on the edge of poverty, uh, extremely hard work, broken home, all those kinds of things. Right. My mom didn't have a broken home in any way. She came from a very strong German, previously farm community people. Who, Big Germans in Wisconsin. Yes, you know? and, uh, uh, and her father was this remarkable man who left home at, in the fifth grade and became... Uh, in those days, he became the uh, the head of the electrical system for for Appleton, Wisconsin. This is a brother with no education, wow. no training, no nothing. He learned electricity, learned to be an electrician, became the city electrician. In those days, as a child, I remember seeing him. The police, of, the, the the chief of police, and the fire chief. And the city electrician all wore uniforms with brass buttons, navy blue, wow. <laughs> hats, uh, caps, this whole nine yards. So he was dressed in these uniform, this uniform, and he looked like someone like was you know the law, the, right, exactly. the head of his, You wanted to salute him. You right? wanted to salute him, and he was he he was an iron-fisted tough guy. But anyway, getting back to my mother, with this kind of household, she worked. All of them worked. My father and mother both worked their entire lives. My mother still does, and she's 98. Oh, God. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's It's positive. Sturdy stock. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you don't know this about me, but Wisconsin has a very, very special place in my heart mm. because the Kohler Company yes. not only supported my HGTV well, they did. career, oh, wow. but they also supported my launch into my own business. No kidding. So I have great reverence for yes. the Kohler family and Wisconsin, which I used yes. to travel to quite a bit. That whole Kohler world is Dynasty. extraordinary. Oh, I know. And wonderful, wonderful people. But yes. now let's get into the heart of things because yeah. you traveled extensively mm. to learn art. Yeah. You went to France and Holland. And, right. Um, what was it? How did you get that impetus to say, <laughs> this is what I want to do? Well, like most things, it isn't, even though art was a huge goal of mine and I was, and I was, well, let me put it this way. Where I came from, it, you, you grew up to be some form of a lawyer or a doctor <laughs> or businessman or some other very male thing. Right. And my mother influenced me in a very strong way with, with she, she was just, she was one of the, maybe the earliest Martha Stewart. Right. She had her own television program. Wow. Teaching tailoring, 
sewing, wow. uh, and other home things, but mainly it was around sewing and being a tailor. She was a tailor. Uh -huh. She worked in dress shops. She had her own business. Um, anyway, so as a kid, I would sit, I would sit at the table going through pattern books, choosing what I thought my mother should wear, and she would listen to me as a kid, little kid, <laughs> and say, "Isn't that wonderful?" I'll go with that, or yeah. we'd go. She'd go shoe shopping, and I'd sit there, and I'd watch her put on things. I said, no, that doesn't suit you. Change it. And she would do it. And as a result, I had this sense of, of being celebrated as a person's point of view that was worth considering. Well, you know, this is very interesting because of all of the people I interview, male and female, Everyone, and maybe it's because I'm interested in it, but we all go back to our childhood. Yeah. And we all have similar situations. Really? It, in that our doesn't childhood. shock me at all. And that was, yeah. you know, and I can remember because I went to Catholic school for eight years, and that's the way my father wanted it, an Italian immigrant. Yeah. Right. And I can remember Sister Concordia taking me out of Mass in the morning and asking me to come in and draw a picture for parents' night. Right. And that was the first encouragement I ever got about mm -hmm. my creative side. Yes. And I really owe it to her. And we were talking about angels that, you know, influence you as you go. Right. But I think there's a very strong bond between a son and a mother. Yeah. Well, and I certainly I had one. It sounds like you did, absolutely, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, so my mother absolutely encouraged... Uh, never discouraged the artistic side of me. So I was painting and drawing. I had, a, I had in grade school, we had a school paper and I had a comic strip called Clifford that I drew every <laughs> for every paper. I was always doing something visual. And you were the only one in your college to get your own show. The only one in their history. Yes. And to this day, I've found out that's the case. But I never even knew this about you. Where can yeah. we see your artwork? Well, Do you post it? No. I, well, I have a couple of things uh -huh. I've posted. But uh, since my career first went into the acting world and then eventually uh, after 20 years of acting, uh, there was a ma major shift into design, interior design and architecture. Uh, uh, I've never really pushed it or promoted it or shown it. Well, I give you a lot of credit because you really walked the streets of Manhattan uh, and auditioning yeah. and whatever. Oh, and yeah. I can remember my dad setting me down. He was first general, you know, he was an immigrant from Italy, from Sicily. And um, actually, he was from Italy. My mother was from Sicily. And he said to me, no Broadway. Because I was Mr. Design the Sets, performing yeah. in high school, college. I even sold tickets when I was in grammar school right. to my shows. And he said, absolutely not. And I said, how about design? No design. Yeah. So it took me 60 years to get to design. Yeah. So how did you get that strength to do what you wanted to do? Uh, I just felt... In my bones, I felt Coley. I have to get to New York. That's where... It's at, oh. and uh, so I was. I, I did this little summer stock stuff in, in my local area, and uh, and we had a direct a, a director producer of that, and I did this show, and and it was just a delight. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, uh, the young person, a child actor, and 
excuse me, a child person who was the younger brother of a girl and a family that I loved, and, and his dad was my personal doctor. Uh, I said, I know the kid that's perfect for this part, and it was Willem Dafoe. Wow. And Willem was a local kid from my hometown. I didn't and know And the that. youngest child of, my, of, of this family. And uh, he's just had his, his star on Hollywood uh, right. just, just a week ago or whatever. A remarkable, talented fella. Mm. But anyway, uh, getting back to where was I with... Uh, from design or from acting to design. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, getting to, to New York. Uh, I, I just had this sense that from this director that I wanted to try doing more acting. And uh, he said, you know, there's a school in New York, the Neighborhood Playhouse, one of the best. Uh, and uh, so I applied and I got in at the last second. And off I went, didn't know anybody, and uh, went to this school and then hit the streets after that trying to get a good agent. And that, that was a, literally a year of, uh, excuse me, a year, 10 years of oh, struggle. Yeah. Well, it and takes 10 years to be an overnight sensation. That, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if I ever became the sensation I dreamed. But how did you get here to well, the West Coast? I got here because uh, I, di I did a play that took me uh, out of town, a pre-Broadway show. Uh, I don't know if you know from Cats and other things, Betty Buckley, a oh, wonderful sure. Broadway yes, star. From she, Texas. She, she was the yes, she mm -hmm. was the female lead. I was the male lead, ah. and uh, we were doing this play. And I finally got agents on a higher level that I dreamed of to come and see it. And one of them said, like you know, just like in the movies, you know, come and see me on right, Monday. Uh -huh. So I walked in and fully expected to sign up with this person, hopefully, and he said. I'll take you, but only under one condition. Your resume for a person your age will never cut it in New York. Huh. But if you go to Hollywood, if you go to New I think you could get into TV and movies out there at your age. And right. I, was, I was like 32. And he said, you know, you're kind of old. But, right, but. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> give it a shot. And I had just been fairly recently married. I had just designed and built our first place together that was lovely. Both of us had been on soap operas. My wife was a soap opera star. And so we were making a little money and I did this whole, uh, this whole condo, uh, excuse me, co-op in New York. And the, I no more finished it, had this meeting with this agent and I up and went out here by myself. And my wife who has had a, her contract on the soap couldn't leave. So she stayed behind and for Almost a year and a half, we were apart. Right after we were newlyweds, it was really tough. Well, but anyway, that's what, what got me do. here. That's what but got me here. You know, it's very interesting that you say about the old Hollywood. Oh, we must work together. When I was working at Ethan Allen, mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to do a week on the Mike Douglas show. Oh yeah, and I would decorate, uh, and I'd do tabletop, and I would do cooking and whatever yes. for celebs yes. that Mike would have as co-host each day. And um, so at the end of it, the producer of the show said, oh, that was great. Someday we must work together. And I thought, mm-hmm, the old Hollywood line. Right, now. right. Ten years later, he calls me. Wow. And he says, HGTV is going to be a 24-hour design show. Yeah. They're going to have their own network. Would you be interested in pitching a show with me? Mm. And we got on the plane, went to Cincinnati, and we launched the network. It was the first show they bought. And I'll never forget, for a million dollars, we thought that we were 
heroes. Yes. Well, you know, the million dollars just evaporated. Right, right, right. I mean, because it costs so much. But there are true blue producers yes. in the business. Yes. And you've got to follow their lead. And, and you I, never know who you meet when that will come to fruition. Right. And that's so right. it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. So I got out here and I struggled, uh, but eventually things took off. And eventually my wife quit the soap. Just She, she, she made a statement that truly was proved to be the opposite. She said, I think I can always get another good acting role easier than I could get another great husband. Well, Ooh. it was the sweetest line, but the truth <laughs> is she could have gotten another husband a hell of a lot easier than getting another great well, role. Well, that's very, very true. <laughs> it's very, very true. I'll tell you, when we moved from Connecticut to California and my wife was like, when do we leave? Right. I couldn't believe it yeah. because most women, and she was a Connecticut Yankee, you know, would say, my family, I right. leave, and this and right. that. And she's like, oh, great, new experience, here yes. we go. And I think that that is so important. It's yeah. so important. But let's talk a little bit about your design career okay. and how you started designing for celebrity friends. Yeah, I started with friends, uh, people that happened to be a few of them well-known. Pat Riley, the ex-coach of the Lakers, who's become an NBA Hall of Fame coach. Uh, and uh, uh, Marsha Mason, who was an early dear friend. Uh, we were in acting class together. She went out oh, and did gosh. ACT in San Francisco. My wife followed her and took over her roles at ACT. So we knew Marsha. And when I started getting doing a few things, Marsha came to our home and said, gee, I love what you're doing. Would you help me with a few things? So I did that, and that got published, and Pat Riley's early house got published, and they said, well, who did this? And he, they mentioned my name, and so people, the magazines would call and say, you know, what else have you done? I said, well, nothing, and I'm not doing this. I'm an actor. And that kind of stopped it for a while. But I started working on my our own home, our first place, which was... My dream when I got out here, I was shocked by the Spanish world, the That's Spanish the influence. That's I never, so beautiful. I never knew about it to the degree that it exists here. Yeah. And in you know northern Wisconsin, you don't see much Spanish yeah. anything. So I was just transfixed by that. And so I thought if I could get a little house that had that feeling. So we bought a little bungalow, and I started out and before I knew it I had gutted the thing and then we actually tore off a portion of the house and before we knew it I had expanded it to almost triple its original size uh, and turned it into a Spanish rancho style architecture. For whatever reason I will never know because you look at a house under construction they all look like they're a house under construction they don't look any different than any other but the interest People would stop their cars, and I'm telling you this happened all the time, get out and say, what's happening here? What right. is this? Exactly. What is happening? And the fact that I had put it inside a, a walled enclosure, mm -hmm. like early rancho houses had, right. I think that might have been part of it. But anyway, uh, that house got published. Uh, house and Garden came and saw it. Uh, and wanted to publish it. I was still an actor. I wasn't doing this at all. Wasn't mm -hmm. thinking of it. It wasn't even in my mind. Does this go back to Mary Jane Poole or Nancy Novograd? Or? Nancy Novograd oh, was yeah. someone who did 
did uh, publish did publish some of my things, but that house was uh, um, other people, and there's people we know, and I'm blanking on. Uh, well, it was a beautiful house, and the thing that I think is so amazing about you, and I want to tell a little story about you, but. Your love for California architecture, I guess it goes back to when you wanted to be a cowboy. Yeah. But I mean, all of the wonderful architecture and artifacts that you collect. Right. And I'll never forget when the two of us, and this is before we really knew each other, were designing projects for Project Angel Food, right. which was one of the first benefits mm. for AIDS. And I can remember you coming in. We were each given a little space, I think maybe six feet by six feet. And I was like, what is this guy doing? It looked like you had, were creating a, an adobe or something yeah. on the side yeah. of this space. Yeah. And what, what inspired you and how long did that take? Well, it was bigger than six by six. Well, it, maybe, it, it, but it, I remember it's small. It I mean, was small, but uh, it, what I wanted to do was create a complete environment. Uh, and so I had the idea of doing a stone house that was you would find in rural southern France oh. that an artist like Picasso or those people who during that era would go and use in the summertime and sleep in some little area of the barn. Right. So that was the, the concept, which, which we, we hauled all this stone and sand and gravel and, <laughs> and, couldn't believe and, it. I and, watched it. and uh, roof tile and everything yes. into this, which is a wonderful story that brought me one of my most wonderful clients, which was uh, uh, Larry David and his wife, the comedian uh -huh. Larry David. Yes. His wife uh, walked by, and she, she had been to my home, the, the, the Spanish Rancho house, for, uh -huh. uh, for a, a, a baby shower or something, and said, oh my gosh, if I could ever live in this house, I would give anything to do it. There were and a couple I, of people saying that. And I said, well, that would be fun. But, uh, you know, I'm not moving. And she said, well, if you, ever, if you ever do or if you ever want to do it, if I ever make enough money to hire you, I will. And I was still an actor. So I said, well, that's great. And she was very sweet. Uh, she said, you know, I'm dating this fellow who is a taxi driver in New York, and he does stand-up com comedy. I don't know if he'll ever amount oh to anything. Gosh. I don't know if he's even going to marry me, but if he said, if he asked me, I would. Years go by, yeah, and we build that for Project Angel Food, and yeah. she and her girlfriends come to that and are walking by, and she looks up, and she sees my name coming off this little shed, and she said, oh my gosh, I forgot all about him. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if he could come and maybe do something for us? So she calls me up. She said, you remember when I told you about that guy driving yeah. taxi? Well, his name's Larry David. He's, he <laughs> He's just, doing very well. <laughs> he, just, he just sold Seinfeld uh -huh. and, and that he created. Right. And uh, anyway, so I went over and, and we... Uh, we looked at what she wanted to do, and they had another architect. They had a whole plan, and I looked at it, and I said, I don't think this is what you should do. See? And she said, you mean, what are you saying? I said, I think you should let that person go, and I think we should do something completely different. Do you have any other anecdotes about wonderful celebrity stories that you can share? Well, yeah, I've, there's a few... Uh, uh, I didn't, uh, Dan Keaton was never my client. 
but a home I did in uh, Brentwood Park, a Spanish colonial. And she's become a very oh, big aficionado. Unbelievable. Yes. I mean, her, her taste is, along with uh, the designer that she works, has worked with for years, the two of them are just superb. And she's very knowledgeable, particularly about the Spanish-style home. Yes. So anyway, I came into my client's home one day, uh, and standing there was Diane and Keaton and, and my client. And, she, and my client said, well, this is the, you're loving the home. This is the fellow who designed it. And she turned and she said, oh, my Lord, this is the greatest. And she went on and on to incredible detail, which was so fun. Mm-hmm. About two years pass. And I'm sit, I walk into my doctor's office early in the morning, like at 8 he always would put me first. I'd ask to be first so that I didn't have to wait for hours. And, I was, and sitting there was Diane Keaton. And it's like early, early morning. So I thought, hmm, well, she probably doesn't want to be disturbed. <laughs> but Diane, I don't know if you remember me, but we met at so-and-so's house, and I had done the house, and you were so kind to say such wonderful things. And she's, oh, really? Okay, well, that's nice. So anyway, the doctor comes and calls me in, and I felt, oh, boy, I think I've yeah. offended her. This is... So now we're in the back room. There's nobody else there. And so the doors are open. There's no privacy. I'm in my underwear. She comes bursting I'm in, in. my undershorts. And all of a sudden, she comes blasting it. I just remembered. I remembered when we met. Oh my God, that house was remarkable. And she stands in the doorway oh while I'm sitting gosh. there on a table with my, you know, my, 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 my all together. And uh, it was just hysterical. Oh, that is very, very funny. Well, I think that uh, you have given us just a smidgen mm. of the things that we want to hear from you. So I'm going to invite you back And now that you know where to find the Calabasas Country Club, that is going to be able uh, for you. And I want to make that invitation sincere, uh, not like the Hollywood producers. But in closing, Hmm. what inspires you? Because you know that the name of this podcast is Inspired. Right. Can you zero it into any one direction that gave you the shove to do what you wanted to do? Other than, I would say, the combination of my parents that we mentioned, uh, just art in itself, uh, whether any art form, uh, literally painting, music, film, dance, all these things have attracted me, fashion, all those things have attracted me. And at the center of it, uh, in my design work, uh, I do it as if I'm painting a painting. Mm -hmm. It's the very same you know, root to everything. Uh, I I would say any designer, when you're putting together, it's like a storyboard for a film. And I always like to, almost as a a writer, I like to make a story for every project. Ah. And the inspiration to me comes from from all the art forms that, that I have (laughs) <laughs> pursued, uh, right. done, and, that's what uh, and enjoyed. That's what it takes. Yeah. I can remember interviewing a very famous French designer in France, and he brought out a box. And I said, what is... He said, this is what we do for each of our clients. Mm-hmm. And it had a beautiful photograph of the house. And then he proceeded to show me the swatches, the yeah. sketches, and yeah. everything else. It is like a storyboard. Exactly, and, and that was what you do so well, and I mean it 
I am a big fan of yours. Likewise, <laughs> since likewise. I saw, since I saw all that construction coming into the space and I was scratching my head, what is this guy building? But I'll never forget it. And thank you so much for well, sharing this you, time. Thank you, Joe. It's been and a delight. And please come back. I would love to anytime you want to.